Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. It shall be focused on a study of John chapter 14. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee, Lord, that in your Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, you would have told us, but you went to prepare a place for us, so that where you are, there we may be also. We thank thee, Father, that you are the way, the truth, and the life that provided a way to bridge the gap between a holy God and a sinful man. We thank you for your grace. Be magnified forever and ever. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to John chapter 14. Chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. 
Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Future Home of the Heavenly Bridegroom and the Earthly Bride. This was preached in 1964 on August the 2nd. We'll begin at paragraph 150 up to paragraph 452. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Now many of you wonder how them that discernment comes. I'm going to tell you. See, it's a word that I say. And it isn't my thinking because I don't know. I don't know the thinking of it. How can I tell you who you are and where you come from when I don't know you? How can I tell you what you've done ten years ago and I've never seen you in my life? How can I tell you where you do and what you'll do ten years from now? How do I know the future? But it is somebody else's thought. Let the mind that was in Christ be in you. Let the mind that was in Christ be in you. See? Then it isn't your thinking. It's His thinking through you. And you're not expressing your own words. You're expressing His words. That's how many times a brethren gets confused on interpretation of tongues and things. See, they say things that's not right. They don't realize that that's Satan. You say, in the garden of God, just wait till we get through. Find out if it's not or not. The weeds and the wheat grow in the same field. They both live by the same sun and the same rain. But if there be one among you who's a prophet, I, the Lord, will speak to him. And if what he says happens, then that's me. Because he's not expressing his own. He's expressing my thoughts. My attributes are the things that has to come. I'll use his mouth to express them by. And after he said them, they've got to come to pass. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never fail. Isaiah said, a virgin shall conceive. That settles it. She's going to conceive. What God said, he does. 
Oh, make known by his prophets all of his manifestations because it's his attributes of his thoughts expressed. Now, here it was in this little woman. She was one of his attributes. See? And there was a priest representing the light. He had learned it from the Bible. He had learned that God was God. He had learned that holiness is right. He was learned that there was a law of God. He had learned it because of an intellectual conception. And he was born in the right lineage. He was a Levite. But he only knowed it by intellectual conception. And when the light of the hour, see, he learned it by what had happened. Not what was happening. What had happened. And when he found what was happening, his denomination said nothing about it. Therefore, he had no representation of it. But here was a Redeemer on earth at that time to redeem those attributes of God. And she received it. She never questioned it. She said, when Messiah comes, he'll do this. And that settled it. And she's seen it done. So he said, I'm the Messiah. So that settled it. And no more questions. She just went telling everybody else, come see who we have found. <laughs> These processes make us clean a temple for his dwelling place. Justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost with fire that does the cleansing of this temple. So as old world frame did not destroy by the waters when it was washed off. The frame of the planet, the old frame, the, all the dirt, all the uh, stuff that God put on the earth was not destroyed when the first world was destroyed and the Bible said it was destroyed. But it never destroyed the frame. It just destroyed the sin and sinners that was on it. The framework remained. But you see, as justification, as you Baptists and Methodists want to think of it, just justification, believing and being baptized, that's not enough. You wander right back into the things of the world, bob your hair and wear shorts and everything else. See, there's nothing happened yet. You just look back and see you've done wrong. What did justification do to the world? Never done a thing to it. Started right off again. Just as much sin as it ever was. That's the way a man does and that's all the farther he goes. That's where the great evangelist Billy Graham ought to see. He said, I'll go and have 30,000 converts come back in a year and ain't got 30. That's all the farther they went. See? They surely they repent. I believe they repent. Most of them or some of them at least. But that isn't what it takes. It proves it here. Now, so the old world framework was not destroyed by the water. The world was only washed off. That got its baptism. It was baptized. So will the framework remain, though it be burnt by fire. It don't destroy the earth. It just destroys the sin that's on it. Notice here, some of you Bible students, especially Dr. Dale looking at me. Notice, in Peter, in the second chapter of Peter, your third chapter, rather, he uses the word world as a Greek word, cosmos, which means the world order. The earth shall pass away, melt the elements with fervent heat. See, doesn't mean that the earth, the planet's going to pass away, but the world cosmos, the politics, the sinners, the systems, sin, 
disease, germs, everything that's wrong will pass away. Everything that once God once shook the heavens, but this time He said He'll shake the earth. Heavens and earth. He shook the earth rather than this time He'll shake the heavens. See? For we receive a kingdom that cannot be moved. It's an eternal kingdom. Watch how it goes to it. Notice here Peter said, And will melt with fervent heat, and the works therein burn up. Not the planet, the works therein. The works of man. All their politicians and their schemes and all their denominations and man-made schemes will all go with it when it burns. And and, uh, heavens will pass away with a great noise. Did you notice here? Heavens will pass away with a great noise. Listen. The whole earth will be on fire and will ignite the gases that's in the earth and explode it. Exactly. Talk, the Bible said here, Peter said, and the heavens will pass away and earth with a great noise. Such an explosion will rock it. Oh, my. Because it's got to kill every disease, every thistle, every thorn. Everything there is to be done, the fire will burn it up. And remember, it's not altogether just a literal fire. It's also a holy fire. See? That will take away Satan and all of his. All the devils, both heaven and earth, amen, will pass away. Killing all the germs, all insects, all natural life on it and around it. Even the H2O, the water, will explode. Think of it. Talk about a noise. You think that little noise I hear in Tucson was something when he opened the six seals that shook the country around about and caused the talk. Wait till this earth receives her baptism. You know, when a man receives the baptism of fire, there's a lot of noise around there. <laughs> they think that's a shame to hear people scream and shout like that. Just wait till this earth gives her baptism. Yeah. It'll explain, explode it. The H2O, the water. For the Bible said here in Revelation 21, and there was no more sea. Explode it. This will change the whole surface of the entire earth. She'll burst and blow to pieces. All the outside, the crust, and for hundreds of feet below, it'll just simply be completely demolished. The atmospheres, the gases that's in the earth now, where they're finding these missiles that can't get through it, a great sphere up in there, way up in some kind of a sphere, that there's all kinds of gases, they say. And that'll burst. The holy wrath of God will come upon it. And will cleanse it will change the entire service. Now, many of you won't put on this word, the Greek word, pass away. It comes from the word I had to find. I thought, how's this world going to pass away and yet we're going to live on it? But if you'll notice, some of you people want to put it down. I'll spell it for you. I couldn't pronounce it. P-A-R-E-R-E-C-H-O-M-I-A. I don't know how to pronounce it. Now, that way, as I said, when I get... The inspiration strikes me for something. Then I go back to find out the word. Now here I can't spell the word. I can't, I can't pronounce it. But in that the Lord is still giving me a way. I go and find out what that word means. Then I got it. Then I got it again. See, the heavens and earth will pass away. Now this word means passing from one form to another. It does not mean annihilation. As the English word would mean pass away, it's annihilated. 
But the Hebrew word or the Greek word here does not mean pass away. It means from passing from one thing to another. Look. But to pass from one condition, it says, to another. Now notice. Paul used it. If you want to read it now, put it down. You can read it later. And Titus 3, 5. Paul is using this same word. means regeneration of man. That man has passed from a sinner to a saint. Not completely annihilated. When a man's changed, he isn't annihilated, but he's a changed person. He's been changed from what he was to what he is. Not annihilated. Jesus used the same word in Matthew 19, 28. Now, not 28, 19. Now, 19, 28. He said to them, You're set with me in my Father's kingdom. Regenerated, you see. Change when you're changed. He used the same word. And he used the same word when he said to the colt, that loose the colt and let him go. Said the same thing at the resurrection of Lazarus. Loose him. Change him. He's been tied. Let him go. What does it mean? The earth will be loose from the grip of Satan. It'll be loose. It'll be loose from politics. It'll be loose from denominational religious systems. To be used for the kingdom of God. To be established here on the earth. But as long as it's in the hands of Satan, politics, Satan the ruler of the earth, he owns it. It belonged to him, but now Christ has redeemed it. One time I was his property, but not now. One time that little woman was his property, but not now. He, he come to loose the grip of it. He loosed the grip of sin of Satan upon my life, upon your life. And now we're not his. Have you often heard me say in prayer, take your hands off of God's property. Amen. Have faith to claim your own. That's your rights. Take your hands off of her. Take your hands off of him. See? Faith will do it. Oh, my. Not annihilate it, but just take your hands off of it. To loose it. Let it go. Pass it away. It changes. The earth will change. Politics will change. The religions will change. The denominations will pass away. Politics will pass away. The kingdom of God shall be established. We read in John, uh, read John in Revelation 6.14. See, it departed as a scroll. The Bible said the, that it, uh, John said, I saw the heaven and earth depart as a scroll. John, Revelation 6.14. Jesus said, heavens and earth shall pass away. Or in other words, heavens and earth shall be changed. Use that same word right there again. No. Not annihilated. For later in Revelations 21, 2 to 24, he's seen the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven and sitting upon this earth. It doesn't mean that it'll be annihilated. The systems will be changed. Daniel saw the same thing. Rocks struck the world. Will shoot out without hands. And the whole image of the systems has broke down and become like a chaff on a summer thrashing floor and the wind packed it away. And the rock itself grew into a great mountain that covered the earth. Watch that mountain now in a little bit. That mountain covered the earth. Also, 
We find out here over in, also in Revelations there, it said the kings of the new earth will bring their honor and glory into it. And the earth is sitting, the new Jerusalem is sitting on this earth. See, it's just changed. You're the same man in statue that you was when God called you. Same woman. But you see, what it did, it was a regeneration. The old life passed away. The old desires passed away. When you used to like to drink and cuss and fuss and stew and run around and immoral, that thing just died. See? But now you are used and you are Satan's instrument. Now you are redeemed. And that's what the world will be the same way, redeemed. A new heavens and new earth is like you. You are a new creature. And the Greek word there, anybody knows, said you are a new creation. Amen. Amen. A new creation in the same old temple. Hallelujah. Watch what happens here now. Glorious. All right. Now we find that this earth will hold the kings of the earth. And again, in Matthew 5, 5, Jesus said, The meek shall inherit the earth. It isn't going to just go to have another earth. It's just going to be the same earth. I'm trying to get the, the plan of redemption to you before, if I don't get nothing else, see? The baptism of fire on it only is to cleanse it and make it a fit place for his meek to live in. Oh. Like he did us, this creation to live in, before he could come in it, he had to give us the baptism of fire. Then the Holy Ghost come in and live. Baptism of fire. Then when you get that baptism of fire, then the Holy Ghost can come in. What it does, it burns up everything contrary to the Word out of you. See? It won't believe nothing else but the Word. Because it is the Word. Uh, that's what we was talking the other day, the evidence of the Holy Ghost. See? The evidence of the Holy Ghost when you can receive the Word. Not some system... But have a clear understanding. How you know the words clear understand? What's it vindicate itself? Well, you say, I see this to it. Now, oh, yes. Weeds live the same way. Amen. See? But it's got to be the entire Word. Amen. To be the bride, you have to be part of Him. He is the Word. Amen. See? And what a part of Him is it? The Word that's promised for this day when He calls His bride. Amen. You're part of that. You get it? Amen. Don't, don't lose that now. Notice. And He makes it a fit place to live through eternity. Notice. This is still not referred to. Uh, uh, this millennium reign, the thousand years, is not the new earth. See? The millennium reign is a different reign. That's what we go into the millennium. That isn't a new earth, a new heaven. No, no. That's just a rest place. See? A rest period. Not at all the new heavens and new earth. For see, in the millennium, we have things that would not go into that. It's a type of the old seventh day out of Eden. The seventh day after He made the world. The seventh day He rested in Eden. And the millennium, see the world has now almost 6,000 years old. See, in every 2,000 years, it's had a, a destruction. See, first 2,000, the flood came. And He baptized it with what? Water. Next 2,000, Jesus come to sanctify it and claim it. Dropped His blood upon it. Called it His. All right, I'll come again. <laughs> now, as King with His Queen. 
And the second 2,000 years, what does he do? He comes and gives his rest spirit and then burns her off and claims it for his own. Puts his own back on it. And notice, not the perfect world, this millennium. It's a type of the seventh day. Then comes the white throne judgment. See, we still have judgment. We're still in time in the millennium. It's a day, 1,000 years. It's a time element. Not, don't get that mixed up with the new earth now, because it's not. You must say this to me. I just, somebody might say this to me. That uh, now, Brother Branham, what are you going to do now? You've run out of your complete sevens. What are you going to do now? Now you're a dispensationalist, which I am. I believe it. God is too. No, notice, you've run out of dispensation types. For if you're going to put something beyond that seventh day, how are you going to get it? Where are you going to now? All right. I'll call your attention to something. <laughs> so I, I ain't out of dispensation yet. I got another scripture here. And remember, all of it has to be fulfilled. Every bit of it. I say, Brother Bram, you're trying to put something way over yonder beyond that seventh day. That seventh day Sabbath. As God made the earth and labored six days and rested the seventh is only a type of time. Time. But I've just said here, we become eternal. So where's your type now? You said you're a typologist, so you, you've run out of types now. No, I haven't. Let's just find out if we have Let's go to Leviticus. Back in the 23rd chapter of Leviticus. Now I want you to notice in Leviticus where we was at last Sunday. Or last, this is what gave me the idea right here. The 23rd chapter of Leviticus and the 26th verse. Now remember, there is seven feast days. The feast of trumpets, the feast of, of the tabernacles, the feast of the sheaf waving. The, all this is seven great feast days that was only a type. Of the seven church ages. And you remember how many Sabbaths there was between one and the other? See, seven Sabbaths between Pentecost and the trumpets. Which was seven church ages. And there were seven feast days that represent the seven church ages. Keep your numbers running. Say, well now, Brother Bram, you're done run out. You got your seven. All right, let's take the last feast. Which is the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, notice here in the 36th verse. Seven days shall you offer offerings made of fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day, on the eighth day shall be a holy convocation. There's another holy time coming. Holy convocation unto you, and you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, and it is a solemn assembly, and you shall go do several work therein. Now we got an eighth day. Now there's only seven days, but here we speak of the eighth day holy combination. Uh, Notice, do no work in it. The eighth day or what? Back to the first day. What speaks of eternity is she rolls around without a stopping place. Amen. Do you see it? Notice, it was also upon this eighth day, last day, Feast day of the tabernacle. Notice, after that, after the last feast day, after the last church age, after the last complete seven days upon the earth, after the millennium, that this holy convocation comes. Amen. Remember, this is Feast of Tabernacles. 
tabernacles, Amen. gathering places. Amen. 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 Where in the millennium, the Bible said, they shall build houses. Amen. They shall inhabit. But in the new earth, He's already went and prepared the place. It's built. Amen. We have nothing to do with the building of it. Amen. Amen. Eternal. Oh, I just love that word. My. A holy convocation. The eighth day, which is only seven days. Then on the eighth day, which comes back to the first day again. Comes right back to the first day. The eighth day is a holy convocation. Notice, seven days only has to do with the old creation world time. Seven days, that's a millennium. The rest day is God labored six days, rested the seventh. The church labors six days and rests the seventh. But you're still in time element. I'm speaking of the eternal. But you see, there's no such a thing as eight days. You go back to the first day again. See? The first day. The Sabbath speaks of the old law, which was to pass away. The keeping of a Sabbath. Which passed away, or I've said... Uh, changed to another. It didn't pass away. It just changed from the old law of keeping a certain day of the week. Isaiah, the 19th chapter, said, I'll be 28, 19, said, Precept, must be on precept, here a little and there, a little hold fast that what's good. For stammering lips and other tongues will I speak to this people. And here is the rest. See? You enter into life. Not keeping a day or shadow. Paul said over there in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, you keep days and shadows and things like that. I'm scared of your experience. See, we don't pass into certain days and orders. You pass from death unto eternal life. Not days and times. You pass into eternity. That's the holy conversation. Convocation, rather. Seven days. What? Which pass away. Or I have said will change to another. Eight days. Deals with new creation. See? Not old creation. Eight days is new creation. For it was on the eighth day that our Lord raised from the dead. There's your other convocation. The holiness. Not considered in the Sabbaths at all. Or the Feast of the Tabernacles, Feast of this, the Feast of Pentecost. Jesus raised from the dead for our justification on the eighth day after the seven Sabbaths or seven days, seven church ages. Jesus raised from the dead. Eighth day, which is a holy convocation. See? Which is the first day. See, He's done passed through time and dropped into eternity again. <laughs> Not keeping of days and keeping of Sabbaths and new moons and things like that, but have passed. Changed your form. Not annihilated. Glory. But passed from death unto life eternal. Oh, what the Bible does teach us. Passed from one to another. All right. Passed the old Sabbath's past. Jesus raised on the eighth day. That was a solemn day. Holy. And it wasn't a day because day of time had done run out. It passed into eternity. So he swung right back to the first day again. See? Eternity is like a, a ring. 
You can't find no corner to it. You can't find no stopping place in a perfect circle. You go on and on. I don't care how far you go, you're still going. You start going around like this, go through the floor, go through the earth, go beyond the earth, you're still going. All things that was created down here are perverted, not created. By Satan will drop out when the great golden bell rings and a trumpet sounds. And back down there at the beginning where the tie post is made in Eden, when man came to the earth and he fell, a little lamb shed its blood. The spoke of the great lamb was coming to shed its blood. Calvary raised the cross that tied for the Old Testament to them who justified looked for it. And in this new dispensation, at the coming of the Lord, at the new earth, the rope of salvation, the blood, the redeemed power that I'm talking about, and through the same system as redeemed both man and the earth, will raise right up into eternity again. And the lake of fire will consume everything that's ungodly and unpredestinated to it. Do you see it? Notice. The eighth day Jesus raised for our justification. The eternal king with the eternal kingdom to be baptized into to eternal life. Not seven days. had nothing to do with any of the days. It's speaking of another eternal coming. Speaking of an eternal time. The world I'm speaking of. And notice. After 50 days or seven Sabbaths, from there again, there come another holy convocation. What happened? The Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost on the seventh day. or oh, the eighth day, rather. Eighth day. Fell on the eighth day. It was seven Sabbaths later. Exactly after His resurrection. See, so it'd be seven times that again and bring it right back around to the first day of the week again. <laughs> exactly. See? There's your holy convocation. Not have anything to do with the literal things. It's beyond that. It's into the kingdom of God with eternal life. With the predestinated that never did start. It never started on any day. You wasn't saved on any day. You was always saved. Jesus just come to redeem that. But you were saved from the beginning because you had eternal life to begin with. A trout fish can never be a gar or a tadpole. He might be in the same water with him, but he was from the beginning a trout. The net only caught him. See? But he was that from the beginning. There's that. Now we're not out of dispensations, are we? We're right into the Scripture. Fifty days later it comes. See, eight cannot be counted with the weak. See, it cannot be counted eight days in a week. You can't do it. See, because it's only seven days in a week. Count any way you want to. Sunday's the first day of the week. See, you count seven, then you have to go back again and start over again. Count seven, come back and go over again. See, and we live through all these types in here, but when you hit the eighth, you go on into eternity. You don't come by laws and rituals and orders. You come by predestination. <laughs> There's a genuine holy old vocation. See, and we're ending the seventh church age. Church age. The Pentecostal age. Do you see it? We're entering that holy convocation. We are entering into that real genuine eternity. 
Where the church is called not to some station, some denomination, but into eternity with their eternal king. We don't have it at all. No such a thing as days and hangs and times. You're passed into eternity. Where you come from? You were there to begin with. If you got eternal life, there's only one form. That's God. And you are an expressed attribute. See? If, you, if you're not, you're not going to be there anyhow. No man can come to me except my Father's drawing. See? Which passes away all these old things, but these things don't. So it speaks of eternity. The Holy Ghost is eternal. Then you are in eternity where you was all the time, but you've just recognized what happened. See, you were made for an eternal purpose because you was the manifestation of an attribute that was in God that thought of you and expressed you. And He made an earth to take you out of and to make you a human being. And sin come along and perverted His way. You come anyhow. But you was lost with the world. So He come and redeemed you the expressed attribute and also redeems His earth by the same way. Then His purpose rolls on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, that does me so much good. (laughs) Think of just what lays ahead. Now, in Ephesians 1.10, it's called, if you're putting it down, Ephesians 1.10, it's called not a dispensation, not the seventh day. It's called the fullness of time. And when the fullness of time has come, that's when time has been fulfilled. When there is no more time, then you go into eternity. After the seventh church age is over, and it is, Luther's age is over, Methodist age is over, Pentecostal age is over, and now you go into what? Eternity. No more sevens. No more threes. No more there. In eternity where there is no such time as numbers and times and things. Amen. Oh, my. You see it? Now, our after time has been fulfilled. All sin is gone, taken away at the millennium at the great white throne judgment. A type of the Holy Ghost. After the world is on fire and baptized its baptism of holy fire from heaven, all sin is gone, all germs is gone, all devils is gone, all temptations is gone, all evil is gone. Type now, then what does God do? He can set up on the earth. See? Because all sin's gone. That's the same thing He does when He gives you the Holy Ghost baptism with fire. He can come and dwell with you and we can sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Because we are already in. Now we will be, we are. Now, setting in Christ Jesus. How do we get into it? By one Holy Ghost baptism. By one Spirit we're all baptized into Christ, which we are now, won't be in Christ, we are. He is the great spiritual King over the Spirit that's in us because we were in Him at the beginning. See, God in the beginning, when He thought of you and thought of others like that, thought of Himself of being tangible. That was His thoughts. See? 
So he expressed his thoughts by word. He said, let there be. Let there be. And there was. Let there be. And there was. Then that's why he kept saying, let there be. To the people said one day, don't let God speak. He said, I'll speak to him through a prophet. From this on, I'll speak to him through a prophet. And the prophet said, there shall come. There will be. And it was. And it was. And it was. And it was. See? Just like that. You get it now? The fullness of time has come. After time has been fulfilled, sin is gone. After the world's baptism, after the world's baptism makes it a fit place. No sickness. No germs. No thorns. No thistles. No death. No sorrow. No heartaches. No old age. Nothing to represent death. Nothing wrong. All right. Nothing natural. Eternal. Then his attribute is expressed because it was there first to begin with. That's what he thought. And then what happened? He set Adam and Eve here on the earth and said, Multiply now and replenish the earth. The bodies was all laid out here for you to eat. Make your body. That's the way you had of doing it. But sin come along and interrupted his plan. She rolls right on this the same time does. But what did Jesus do? God came down and expressed Himself in the form of a man, a human being, gave His life instead of staying here, which He was the King. But He gave Himself to redeem the rest. You get it? And when it's all over, then it's pulled right back and God's purpose is fulfilled. There's the eternal King again with His eternal subjects expressed in human flesh. Exactly the way He had it. Sin's tucked away. The devil's gone. So all right, now what we're good. This earth could be a place for heaven to sit now. Look at it, the sin. It'll have to be cleansed. No man, no person, no woman, boy, girl, I don't care who he is, is fit to go in the pulpit or even claim to be a, a Christian without being filled with the Holy Ghost. You have no right to the Lord's Supper, any communion, feet wash, or anything until you've been cleansed by the holy fire of God. No man has a right to preach, let's say like Moses, meets him out there on that sacred grounds. That pillar of fire hanging there where he knows where he's at. See? Notice how, how we go. After the world's fire baptism, all germs is gone, makes it a fit place then for heaven to dwell here on earth. Type now is sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Passed from this dirty like the little woman was into the expressed attribute of God. Now we are the sons of God. Not we will be. We're the attributes of God's thinking. Now you say, well, look at this priest. Wasn't he a son of God? He proved he wasn't. He couldn't recognize what? Did he say, I believe the Bible? Sure. But he couldn't recognize the express word of the hour. He only had an intellectual learning from some group that had been back before him. It's the same thing today. I know that's strong, but it's the truth. There was the Word as spoken exactly for that day, and he, yet he was a scholar. Yet he was a renowned person, but he could not recognize it. Why? No matter how scholar he was, anything like that, he still didn't have representation of predestination. See? Only the predestinated will only be the one that does it. Only can be. And you only can do it because, look, it proves predestination. Because if you've got eternal life, you had to be a part of God all times because He's the only one's eternal. Amen. You see it? 
Oh, my. Think of it. Now watch what happens to the great millennium. Sin all gone. Millennium now set in. It's time now the Holy Spirit takes its place, just like it does in us. Passes from death unto life. Dwelling in the heavenly places in Christ, in His glorious presence, even physical death will pass away then. Just as spiritual death has passed away now. There is no such a thing as spiritual death now to, to a, a baptized saint of God. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. All Scripture must be fulfilled. You can't die. You've got eternal life. Only thing the Redeemer has made you recognize it, and you were always that. And that's the reason you see the day you're living in. How many sees it? Raise your hand. See? Thank you. See? The day that we're living in. You recognize it. Now, the Methodist said, when you shout, you got it. A lot of them shouted and didn't have it. The Pentecost said, when you speak in tongues, you got it. Many speak in tongues and didn't have it. Look how all kind of forms those Pharisees had. But when the Word was made manifest, they didn't recognize it. See? And if you are the bride, the bride is a part of the husband. And if the only place that you'll ever recognize it is recognize what part of that husband that word you are. Amen. Or you can't recognize being the bride. How many sees that? See? You have to recognize your position. You can't recognize somebody else's. What if, what if Moses would have come with Noah's message and Noah was a part of it? But it wouldn't have worked. What if, 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 uh, if Jesus would have come with Moses' message? Wouldn't have worked. It was a different age. It was a different prophecy. A different part of the Word had to be fulfilled there. They was in another day of the week. Not Tuesday's work can't be done on Wednesday. Wednesday's got to be done on Wednesday. See? Saturday has to be Saturday's work. See? And they, they was recognizing, oh, Moses, we have Moses. He said, if you didn't know Moses, you'd know me. For he is the one who spoke of me. The Lord your God shall raise a prophet like unto me. Get the idea? Oh, my. See, then Jesus said in John 14, When He, the Holy Ghost, has come, He will bring these things to your memory. See, show you what day you're living in. And then another thing you'll know Him by, He'll show you things to come. See, right back to the prophetic again. When He's come. In the new earth, the new heavens, will never be blackened again when this new earth is to come. The devil will be bound. Satan, he's still loose now. His accuser. But in the new earth, he will be bound and cast into the lake of fire, in this holy fire. Then in this new earth, let's look at it for a few minutes now. In this new earth, the skies will never be black again. No, that's from the curse. Never be black again with angry clouds. Winds will never blow across her again like that. No, she'll never tear up the trees and tear up the houses and turn over the things. Lightning and the wrath will never blouse from Satan across there and kill a man walking down the road or burn up a building. No, no more. There'll be no more typhoons sweep down or storms and tornadoes and tear up houses and kill little children and things. Uh-uh. Won't be no more. Trying to destroy. It won't be there. Satan is cast out. Wish we had time. Now, I'm just passing scriptures now so we won't be too late. i got to pray for the sick. Heavens and earth have met. God and man is reconciled. 
a restored Eden has begun. All the curse is gone. Just like all the curse of sin is gone when the Holy Ghost accepts you. See, you don't accept it, it accepts you. Because it's God's attribute. See, if it's the Holy Ghost, it means God's Spirit. And it's the attribute, the thought of God has accepted you. Because that, you were ordained for that purpose. See, yet you was born in sin, but God had that attribute. And here you express yourself here on earth and He comes down and gets you. See, you're back here. Here's where you belong. See? See? Sin's lost its power. Amen. That's right. The desire of sin's done gone from your heart when the Holy Spirit comes in. You are a restored person. And then when the earth is restored by the same thing, there can be no more cursing, no more storms, no more winds, no more typhoons, typhoons rather. You're reconciled. Man and God has met. The new earth will be put on its Eden beauty again. The new earth will spread forth her at your baptism of fire. This thing shall catch a fire and burn up. The elements will burn with, with fervent heat. All the works in the earth will burn. All the water will explode. It will ignite and blow all. Everything will blow up. Volcanics will erupt and thousands of miles in the air will fly. Burning hot lava. Every germ. The Holy Spirit of God will cleanse off every speck of all the sin and everything. All the devil will be bound and cast into the lake of fire. Consuming fire. God's wrath of fire. No beast will be there to destroy you again. When you walk down the road in the flower gardens, there will not be any serpent there to hiss at you and bite you with his paws and phantom. Oh, my. Won't that be wonderful? Listen. There will be none of that new earth ever mounted up to a little yellow sod bank for a grave. Be none of them there. Man and God has come together, bride and bridegroom. Heavens and earth has embraced each other. God has come down to dwell among man. His tabernacles with them. There'll be no more sin, no more sorrow. Never there will be a tear drop off of a mother's cheek over her baby. Amen. It won't be on that new ground. No, it's redeemed. It belongs to Him. And for His, that was redeemed out of it. See, look, you are part of that ground. Is that right? And when He redeems you, He redeemed the earth with the same thing and you are together again. Oh, how much plainer can it be, see? You have to be redeemed because you're part of it. If the blood didn't drop on you, you ain't redeemed yet, you're not called. Then he cleanses it. That's the same thing he does in fire. Even the blood drop, it's yet got to be cleansed by fire. Dry. For a dwelling place for God, God already took up his boat. Potentially the kingdom of God is in the earth now in the hearts of his saints. It's his attributes that he began and began. Now his attributes is redeemed. What's he waiting? To redeem the earth. To set his attributes on it to fulfill exactly his predestinated plan. Do you see it? Notice, no graves, no teardrops, never. No more bloodshed. She'll never be moistened by a teardrop or a blood. No. Be no more wars. No. No clouds of winter. No cold snow upon the breast of her. Won't lay there no more on it. The hot sun will not never burn its grass. Hallelujah. Even the desert shall bring forth roses. Amen. That old sticky Amen. desert will blossom one day like a rose. God said so. When she's redeemed, when she takes her fire baptism, there's all kinds of cactuses and stickers and everything there now, but she's got a fire baptism coming. 
like the man was when he still had hatred, malice, and strife in him when the fire baptism come and cleaned it off. No more jealousy, no more nothing. It's just absolutely a dwelling place for God. And remember, that's his delegation. Let's go to meet him over yonder. <laughs> oh, what? That's not just a story. That's the truth. That's what God said. That's what He's promised. That's what the bride goes to. Even the desert, He said, shall blossom, be a rose. Satan, sin, and sinners has gone forever. It's all done, blended into eternity, and all that was perverted. That great archangel that sat there one day, Satan, that did all this evil will be destroyed. Remember the Bible said, if that soul won't do as he did, said do, he will even destroy that soul. But you see, he can't destroy himself and remain God. So if that soul is of the world, it has to be destroyed. But if it's eternal with God, it never did begin because it's part of God. It can never be destroyed. Amen. What a beautiful, how, how thankful that the church ought to see that. People, all you've done lays right here. This is what I'm trying to say. I'm omitting some of it because I want to get back to it again. Even... These things, Satan, sinners are gone for eternity. Never no more to be all... See, Satan cannot create. If he is, he's God. He can only pervert what has been created. And all perversion will, perverting will be done away with. And death is a perverting of life. And when the perversion is done, there can be no more death. Old age is a sign of death. And when old age has gone away, life comes in. All perversion, signs, and everything else is gone. Thorns and thistles is a sign of sin. The earth will be cursed with them. And when they're done away with, sickness come by that, it'll be done away with. Death will be done away with. Bloodshed will be done away with. Nothing will ever touch that sod but holiness. The redeemed. Oh, my. Oh, I just feel so good. God and His creation and His creatures of this creation is redeemed by His own blood, cleansed by His own cleansing process, His germ-killing, sin-killing process. Like if anything is sterilized. The best sterilization we've ever had has been fire. You can take anything and wash it with soap suds and all these chemicals that they talk about. It still ain't free, but you burn it once. And when the holy fire of God sterilizes the earth with the chemicals, He's lifted His bride, which can come into heaven with Him, while this is going on, and comes back upon the earth again. New heavens and a new earth. The cold winter can't hurt it. The hot summers can't hurt it. The deserts will blossom as a rose. Sin and sinners are gone. God and His creatures and creation is dwelling together in perfect harmony. As the heavens and the earth is husband and wife, so is Christ and the church. And they all meet in one big glorious plan of redemption and is brought right into the bosoms of God again. You see it? And in the new earth, there is a new city. Now listen close. Don't forget this. 
that Jesus said in John 14, He would go to prepare. Let not your hearts be troubled when He's going away. I have a reason to go away. You believed in God. He said, believe also in me. They couldn't see that He was God. He said, you believed in God. Now you believe in me. And I'm going to prepare a place for you in my Father's house as many mansions. In my Father's kingdom as many palaces. Christ is there under the construction of this new Jerusalem now. Now listen close. Don't move. Don't, don't miss this. Christ is in heaven today preparing the new Jerusalem just as God created the earth in six days. Made the earth in six days. Or six thousand years. They said, be not ignorant. We read in the scripture. One thousand years is one day. And Christ is gone and is preparing a place that's been on its construction for many, many thousands of years. Preparing a place. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you. That wherever I am, there you may be also. Amen. Notice the Redeemer and the redeemed. Amen. Wish we had time now. I got Marcher Solomon courting this girl, the bride. Oh, we just have to omit it. It's getting too late. I'll get it again. When he tries to get her, but she's engaged to a shepherd boy. Some people thought that was a song he sang. Oh, no. Solomon was the throne uh, inherit of David on earth, but showed that kingdom had to pass away. It was a type of Christ in love with the bride. See? Notice that Jesus said, John 14 now, go and prepare a place. Oh, what will it look like? Did you ever think now, bride, what it will look like? It is prepared and designed by the divine architect. What will that city look like? Now, we're going to talk about it for a few minutes. The divine architect has prepared it, designed it. And look, he's designed it with tender hands for his beloved bride. What's it going to look like? Could you imagine a man marrying a wife that's able, how he builds and puts every little thing just exactly to her touch? Just what she'd like. Amen. Now the divine architect has designed the new city where he will live with his bride just to her touch. No wonder the apostle said, I has not seen, ears not heard, and neither has ever entered the heart of man. Let's see if we can probe into it just for a moment. See what it's going to look like. The divine architect has designed this for his beloved. See? Oh, what a place it must be when divine nature, a divine architect, has a design it for a divine attribute that's been divinely predestinated by a divine God who, who is the author of divine life. What will that city look like? Think of it. Remember, it's not heaven. John say, I saw it coming down out of heaven. It's to be on earth. See? Not this earth is going to pass away. It's a redeemed earth. God didn't say He's going to raise up a new generation. He's going to redeem the one that's here. He ain't going to raise up a new generation. He redeems the one that's already here. He ain't going to make no new world. It's this one right here. It's just going to burn it off. Cleanse it like He did you. 
His plans must forever remain. Now, look. It's going to be, remember, it's going not to be heaven. It comes down from heaven. It's a dwelling place, a place to dwell in, to take up his abode. Like uh, it was the, uh, John on the Isle of Patmos here in Revelation 21. He saw it descending. John saw the city descending from heaven. Like a dove, like he's seen, here come God down upon his earthly tabernacle, Jesus, in the f- descending out of heaven. Jesus was baptized one straightway when he met the prophet. The word comes to the prophet, and he was the word. And the prophet is standing there denying all their denomination and everything. And when he's seen the word, the word come right to him. And the prophet was so shocked, he said, I have need to be baptized of thee. Why comest thou me? He said, Suffer to be so. For thus it is becoming to us, we know the message, to fulfill all rights. I am the sacrifice that must be washed. He suffered him. When he went up out of the water, he said, I saw heavens open. The prophet saw it. He saw the heavens open. And here come descending out of heaven, a form of a dove and a voice saying, This is my part of the earth that I have redeemed. And from this part of the earth, I will redeem the rest of it. For He is my Word made manifest. And the whole world I spoke it into existence by my Word, Hebrews 11. And Satan's held it all this time, but I've come to redeem it. So much of it has made His body, and I'm coming to dwell in it. John said, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven as a bride adored for her husband. And where did it settle on? Just exactly like it did on there, up on the earth. Jesus was part of that earth that the Holy Ghost descended upon. Is that right? And remained upon Him forever. It never can leave Him. It's always that He and God are one. Always has to remain. And so John saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending like a comet or a a dove coming down out of heaven and settling up on a redeemed entire earth. To do what? To claim every attribute that He made the earth for. Every man that was represented in the eternity and every woman is redeemed. She's been scoured and burned by fire. Jesus and His fiery temptations in the wilderness for 40 days. After that, notice it was ready for His ministry then. Think of it. The Holy Ghost descending up on earth. Jesus. And that holy blood. Now watch. I hope I don't go too deep for you. The holy blood that was created by God. The blood. The life. The creation of God. Jesus was the beginning of the creation of God. You see it? God made in creation. He was spirit. The Bible said He's the beginning of the creation of God. How did it begin? In the wombs of a woman. Which is what? The woman is not. Like how them blind people can't see the serpent seed right here. See? Eve was put here on the earth and before Satan ever touched her or anything else, God said to him, multiply and replenish the earth. That's right. But Satan comes in here. And if that was Adam's son, then where Adam was a direct descent from God. And you only take the nature of your parent. 
And when you're born again, you take the nature of your parent of heaven. And your parent of heaven is the attribute of the Word. Or the Word is the attribute of your parent. And how can you deny it for denomination? Amen. I, I hope you don't miss this. I know it's from God. Jesus. Here He comes descending. And there was Jesus, the attribute of God. Now the woman, she, watch, God said, because they did this, that I'll put enmity between your seed and the serpent's seed. Is that right? And the woman don't have any seed. Did you ever think of that? She has a field. Not a seed. See, the serpent had already placed his seed there. Then if the woman doesn't have a seed... She has to remain to have a seed. You see, through the sexual intercourse here, had brought from Satan the serpent, which was not a reptile. Amen. Had legs, because his legs went off of him. He's the most subtle, the only beast that would, would coordinate with the woman. A beast seed won't do it now. Ain't nothing else. They tried it, it won't work. See, the seed life of a male won't go into a female woman. It won't do it. But that was the closest thing. See, they can't find that species between a chimpanzee and a man. See, each one, as it's evoluted up from the birds and on up to monkeys and so forth, up to Japan, see, then there's a loss. That was a serpent. Not a snake. Every farm is lost from him because he was cursed. Now, God didn't curse Adam. He might have done the same thing, but he cursed the earth, thorns and thistles. He didn't curse Eve, but said she, Adam would be her ruler. From now on, she ain't trying to preach or anything. Adam is her ruler. All the days of your life, and in sorrow, and you'll bring her life into the earth. But he said, I'll put enmity between your seed. Now, she didn't have any seed. She never did have. So she had to receive a seed from some way. God gave her seed, not by sexual intercourse, but by creation. Can't you blind people see that's the seed of the serpent? Oh, my! Satan got there before Adam. That was the seed. But she received a seed. What was it? God Himself. He was the beginning of the creation of God. Now look, when Seth was born, or Abel, he was a just man from his father. Seth's the same way. Where did that evil fellow come from? Murderer, liar. See? See where it come from? It had to be a seed because he was a seed. King was a man. Oh, where's that blind people at? God of this world is blind. Well, no wonder Jesus said no man can see it. See? You say, why don't they see it? Jesus said one time to his disciples, it's given to you to know the kingdom of God, but not to them. That's the reason you come from 1,500 miles square. See? It's given to you to know the kingdom. Look, fellas, come to you from South Africa and around. This late hour when the bride is made up to go into the kingdom. I just don't have enough time. Notice Watch now. See? Now, can you see the serpent seed there? See how it done? It's perfect. See? Now, some of them said, I like that guy in Tucson the other day trying to, uh, he may listen to this tape. But if it is, man, I want to tell you something. When he said, Eve said, here's where they go to, I've gotten a son from the Lord or a man from the Lord. Well, certainly. God has a law. Look. You take a seed and plant it out here in a field where it's sweet and you plant briars out there. I don't care. The same sun and the same rain. 
brings that seed to life. God has a law. And that law cannot be broken. I don't care if, a, if a, the honorest woman in the town, the honorest man, and unmarried and everything, would have a, an, an affair and live together and bring forth a child. That child would have to come by the law of God. Because you know other way, if you don't, you make Satan a creator, then he's a God. How blind can you be? God's law, certainly, if you ever got a baby, I don't care if it was Esau, Jacob, whoever it was, or any ill-famed person, it was Judas that had to come by God. God has the law. The Bible said the sun shines on the just and the unjust. The rain falls on the just. Now, Hebrews, the sixth chapter, and uh, it says that uh, the rain cometh off upon the earth to water it and prepare it for what's dressed, you know, to make living. But thorns and thistles live by the same water. Same sunshine. For it's the law of God to ripen every seed, to make every seed produce itself. So it had to produce the serpent seed. And it never hindered God. It fulfilled His complete plan. It made Him a redeemer. Any blind would almost see that. Unless it's hid, the God of the world is hid it from It's just as plain as anything you can see. There you are. There's your serpent seed. Now notice. But Jesus was the beginning of the creation of God. Now what does a woman do? When the germ comes from the male sect, I deny that. The woman has no life in her at all. She only has a little egg, which is a field out here. Like you took a field and disc it all up and, and pro, put a spray on it and sprayed all the germs out of it and not, not even grass or nothing could grow in it. And then you fertilize again and sow some good seed in there. And if the enemy comes and sows some other seed, the same law of God will ripen both seeds. Well, God wasn't intended for that to be. See? But what happened? See, the sperm from the male carries the hemoglobin, which is the blood. In the blood is the life. And if you ever, I've watched it in high breeding cattle and things like that. Brother Shakari and I taking it through into the doctors and so forth, watching how it goes in a chemist. See? And then here comes a sperm from the female, which is a bunch of eggs. Here comes a sperm from the male, which is a bunch of germs. This hasn't got a bit of germ in it. It's only a byproduct of the man. That's how she got here in the first place. And she's only a field. There's an egg. It's got the fertile ground for this life. And this life moves in and crawls. There's a mystery how that maybe you say, well, the first one meets, the rest of them dies. Well, how, who determines it? Well, the first one. Will it be the one in front, the first egg in front, and the first germ? No, no. It might be a one egg plumb back in the back in the middle of the sperm will come up a germ and go meet it. Shows that some intelligence determines where it's going to be red-headed, black-headed, where it's going to be a little big male or female. Hey, you, can't, you can't do nothing else about it. It won't work. You can mix them together and everything. It won't make a bit of difference. God determines it. And after a while, one little germ will crawl into that field, egg. What they have the little tail like on twisting around drops off, and there starts the spine of the baby. What is she then? She has no seed. She has a field to receive the seed. <laughs> so the seed, the enemy went forth while the good sower went forth sowing good seed, and the enemy come behind him sowing corrupt seed. But the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The sun, it all has to grow. Jesus said, let them grow together. At that day, they'll be bundled, the terriers. And they're bundling now. And big organizations going to the big bundle. World Council churches. And what's in is to be burned. But the grain's to be taken to the garner. Where they both live by the same thing, the same water, the same rain. A citrus tree, that's that's an orange tree, will 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 bring forth on it, if it's grafted into it, a pomegranate. 
it'll bring forth a lemon. It'll bring forth a grapefruit. See? But it won't be an orange. But it's living off the same life that the orange tree is producing. The denominations have been injected into the vine because if they claim Christians, they live by it. K. Ephesus was, you know what he was, and yet he even prophesied. See, they live by it. Oh, I wish we could have a week and we can just study this thing out and make it so clear you, you can't miss seeing it. Now, I'm going to admit some of these things. Now what? Look, them hands designed this for His beloved and bride. Designs and tenderly love for His bride. Remember that the Holy Ghost descended on Jesus, which Jesus was a part of the earth. Why? The germ of God, the life of God, was designed in the womb of a woman. Is that right? Which was the earth. All right? And then the life of God came in, so He was the beginning of the creation of God. See? And then that blood of God that was that by that germ, when it was shed at Calvary, dropped back upon the earth. What for? To redeem the earth. Now it's been justified. It's been sanctified, called and claimed, and now it's to receive its baptism of fire and be cleansed for Jesus and His bride. Amen. And you are these other parts that's drawn out of this earth. The earth. You're a part of the earth, your body. Your soul is part of God, an attribute of God. Displayed here on earth in a body. The body's to be redeemed, now the soul's redeemed because it was in sin. So God come down by a process of justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost and redeemed your soul. And you being part of the earth, it's redeemed by it. You're in the process now. It's growing on. Your body was justified under Noah's baptism. <laughs> Amen. And your flesh, when it dropped upon there, and the earth as to be cleansed by fire, the place where you live with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, a dwelling place for Christ and His bride, the new Jerusalem. Watch this city. Earth. Take up its abode on earth. Now you can plainly see, as I said, the, this change. The earth must be changed. It cannot have it like this. The church could not go, the world could not go right on after the millennium without being changed. See? To have such a place in it, it'll have to be changed. Just like uh, we must be changed by His holy fire to condition and make a place for Him to be contained within us. That is, the Holy Ghost. Notice now, there'll be plenty of room in the new earth. Yeah. See? Plenty of room. It'll be renovated, that's true by fire, but there'll be no more sea. Notice, the city is 1,500 miles square. Now listen real close while we draw these dimensions. I want to race the blackboard just a moment. Here's a deep revelation from God. None of these other... I'll bring the rest of this up, the Lord willing. Notice. Now the earth is... Well, you turn over into the book of Revelations. You can see how he measured it by the cupids and by the furlongs. 2,300. So now we find out that uh, the city is measured 1,500 miles square. You know how far that would reach? I measured it off this week. It would reach from Maine to Florida. And... From the eastern seaboard to 600 miles of pass west of the Mississippi. 
In other words, half of the United States. Just for the city. You say there ain't no room. When the sea's gone, there will be. Because pretty near four-fifths of it's in water. Is that right? The explosion dries up the sea. Erupts the earth. Oh, my. Now remember, 1,500 miles square. What a city. And, but remember, the sea's gone. And the breadth and the height are the same. That would make it 1,500 miles this way, 1,500 miles that way, 1,500 miles, the length by the breadth, by the height. 1,500 miles. Think of it. Transparent gold. And the city had a wall around it. Now, now that doesn't necessarily mean by being equal. It said in the walls and the foundation were equal. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's a cube or square. There is another geographical measure that the dimensions are the same. That is a pyramid. Four square, lithe, four square, and the walls are the same. Let me draw it. Amen. See? Length, breadth, height. Amen. 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 We're going to get into something as sure as the world. Notice, the dimensions of this angle is exactly the same, all of them. Length by the, uh, by the height. There's another measure, the pyramid that proves it. This being this away would answer exactly Enoch's sign. In Egypt, the pyramid. Would it? Enoch, before the Andaluvian destruction, when justification was coming in, he brought forth a sign. And in this pyramid is seven steps going to the king's chamber. What's on the seventh step? If you ever study the dimensions of the pyramid, what comes out to take the oncomer to introduce to the king? What's your station that is standing there? And you'll see the day you're living in the pyramid. Now, God made three Bibles. Now, there's a pyramid teaching. It's nonsense. But there's a genuine pyramid. Amen. Notice. Now, God, first Bible, He made three. They have to be everything in a three. Jesus comes three times. Come once to redeem his bride, next time to get his bride, next time with his bride. See? Now notice how beautiful. See? And in this pyramid was seven steps, and then the king's chamber. And we're in the seventh church age. Before the king takes his throne. And remember, the pyramid never did have a capstone on it. God's first Bible was in the skies, the zodiac. It starts off and runs every age. The first beginning of the zodiac is the virgin. That's how he come first. The last figure in the zodiac is Leo the lion, the second coming. Just before there is the cross fishes, which is a cancer age that we're living in now. There was a pyramid. After that, Enoch, which testified exactly. We wouldn't have time to go into it, but someday, with God's help, I'll show you. Just exactly draws the dimension of the hour we're living. See? Notice. But this uh, geographical measure now that we have, whose dimensions are the same, doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a, a cube. Notice. This would answer Egypt's or the Enoch sign in Egypt. In the earth's time of purifying by its baptism of fire, 
there will be volcanic such as this earth exploding and will push up a pyramid-like mountain. See? Plenty of room to do it. This whole thing will be changed. The whole surface will be changed. You got it? It'll push up a pyramid-like mountain. This would exactly be with the Word. If it doesn't, which it will. Now notice, for in Isaiah 65, 25, where we just read, it said, They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. All my holy mountain. Remember, it's always a mountain. If the walls were straight up and down, the city could only be seen from the outside, or from the inside. The throne can only be seen from the inside. But notice, it would be seen only from the inside, but now we see the promise of Isaiah 4, 5. Let's just read it. Are you in a hurry? No. Don't, don't be in a hurry now. We, we, we're too too particular thing now. Too much, too much of a, a time that you must understand right here. Because I want to make this clear. And then when we get back to it again, I'll, I'll show you then where we're, where we're talking about. Our next study on this at another time. Oh, praise the Lord Jesus. Watch here how the words cannot fail. Now watch here. In Isaiah, I got it wrote down here if I can find it again in just a minute. Isaiah 4 and 5. Now listen, he's talking of the coming of the Lord. How that women would be so immoral. Oh, he said seven women. Let's, let's just read it. Let's hear it. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We'll eat our own bread, wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. That's the end time where we're living now. Marriage, divorce, and prostitution. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious. The fruit of the earth shall be excellent and commonly them that escaped of Israel. How that you escaped all that damnation, see? And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that's a remnant in Jerusalem shall, uh, let's see, in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. See? Wherein the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughter of Zion. Remember, that's always the bride. See? And shall have purified the blood of Jerusalem. That's the remnant of the Jews plus the bride. See? And in the midst thereof, with the spirit of judgment. Fire. That's always God's judgment. When He makes His final judgment, calls you, justifies you, brings you to redemption, then His judgment breaks forth upon you. And the Holy Ghost and fire cleanses away the sin. Then you're His. Same thing He does to the earth when He purges it with fire. And by the spirit of burning. Now look. Listen. Are you ready? And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assembly a cloud of smoke by day and a shining of fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. The Lord in that day upon the top of it shall create a fire of light to burn upon the day. And it goes ahead and says it will be a shelter, a rest, a refuge. Notice. Making exactly the speaking of the Bible, exactly. The walls are straight up and down. You couldn't see it. It has to lean. All my holy mountains, He'll create this light upon this mountain. And 
it shall be for our defense. Oh, we sang that song, Oh, that city of Mount Zion. As a pilgrim, yet I love it still. Now, in through those ages, when I reached that city on the hill. See? Notice, Mount Sinai was where God descended on top of it when He spoke to Israel in a pillar of fire. He descended on top of a mountain. Mount Sinai. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when He declared, This is my beloved Son, hear ye Him, He descended in a pillar of light and shining brightness up on top of the mountain before Peter, James, and John. And in there he was represented with both Moses and Elijah, the translated and the dead raised. <laughs> Glory! The new city and the new earth, the new creation, the city on the hill with the throne in the top of it. The throne up here in the top. And the dwellers all up and down on this mountain. And the wall that's around this had twelve foundations. And each one of them had the breast of stone was in Aaron, which represented the twelve tribes of Israel. And in the gates, they had four gates that just exactly like the temple in the wilderness, like the temple was in the wilderness. Notice each one had, had the apostles, three on each side. Twelve apostles. Each, and it was 144 cubits high. 144 cubits is exactly 216 feet, making each one of those big stones almost 20 foot tall. The breastplate in that gate, making up that wall that was around the city. Now, if the city doesn't rest on top of the wall, because the city 1,500 miles cannot do that. It's the wall here that you enter in like the gates of the old Jerusalem. You entered through the wall into that, and each one of these had the twelve foundations. And each one had the amber and the different stones which represented the twelve tribes of Israel. Amen. And the apostles, each over that big one solid pearl gate, set a name of an apostle. And didn't Jesus said, you'll sit on twelve thrones, yes. judging the twelve tribes of Israel? Amen. Who sat at the gate to judge when they come into the city? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. There you are. The kings of the earth entering into the city Hallelujah. comes before the apostolic judge Hallelujah. as Jesus promised. Oh, my. On this throne, on top of it, 1,500 miles high, the whole world will see the light of the world. Amen. Jesus sitting on the throne on top of the world, top of the church, top of Mount Zion, which is 1,500 miles, half size in the United States, and raise his plumb up till you can see him the world over 1,500 miles high. And all up and down here will be the redeemed. There will be the houses of pure gold. There will be avenues and parks and gardens and the river of life coming, trickling out from the throne and running down through little chasms and over the terraces. And the tree of life will be blooming in every yard and bear its fruit twelve times a year. Change fruit every month. Praise the Lord. And the kings of the earth shall come into it and bring their honor. 
And the leaves are for the healing of the nations. When the kings are living in peace out there, when they go out, they'll pick a tree, a leaf off like that, like the dove come back, that the wrath of God had been settled and brought the holly leaf into the ark. So when the king leaves for bringing his glory into the bride's chamber here into the city, he'll hold a leaf to his neighbor king and we're in peace forevermore. <laughs> healing of the nations. It's all settled. One time we fought for one another's bloods, brother. And we cherished and hollered and shot and burnt children and everything. But now there's peace. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the healing, not disease, healing is all done. Amen. Healing of the nations. Amen. Amen. City with the throne and top. Revelation 21, 23. And they need no light. For the Lamb and the Lord God is the light thereof. Amen. See? The Lord God is that pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. And He is ascended upon the throne in that perfect kingdom. One time, the kingdom that Jesus is to surrender to the Father, that God might be all and in all. Jesus sets upon His throne here as our Joseph. And the King is that light that will be on top of Mount Zion. And His holy light will flood the entire city. Hallelujah! 1,500 miles high and 1,500 miles square with the paradises of God built all through that city. Streets, avenues. Read your Revelations 21. See if it isn't right. See, They need no light there, for the Lamb is light. And on the throne can be seen setting 1,500 miles. Uh, it don't just run right straight up like this. It slants off. Like the pyramid. If it'd be half of the distance then, that'd be about run up like this, you see, from one city to the other. Now, if you'll notice, from one side of the city to the other. I could drop a little something here if you want me to. Did you notice a little group here? It's just about that part of circumference it covers. Georgia. California to Saskatchewan. From Kansas to the rock-bound coast of Maine. That's what's gathered. That's why what's represented right here. About 1,500 miles square. Oh, they come from the east and west. They come from the land afar to feast with our king, to dine. Hold on. Man shall not live by bread alone, by bread Word that, to dine as his guest. How blessed these pilgrims are. Even the world has said, I've never seen people like them. Oh, beholding his hallowed face, a glow with light divine, blessed partakers of his grace as gems in his crown shall shine. Oh, Jesus is coming soon. Our troubles will then be o'er. Oh, what if our Lord this moment should come? It won't be long. Everything's perfectly geographically. Sodom, the messengers, everything's sitting just exactly right. What does it mean? This ain't coming to this one little tabernacle, 1,500 miles square, from the same dimension. Why is it God so fought and cared so much about that little place of Palestine? See? Well, it's just a little spot. But right in there is where the temple is set. That's where the New Jerusalem will break up right there. Olive, Mount of Olives shall cleave part to the right and left. Sure, when she pushes up from the Benin. 
Not they say it's pushing apart like this, it's pushing up. And that day, when he stands his holy feet upon the mountain, notice, on his throne, 1,500 miles high. Remember, Satan tried to tempt him one time on top of a mountain. See? The new city has 12 foundations that's rent to 12 patriarchs, 144 cubits being the breastplate of Aaron, 12 gates of pearl, 12 disciples' name. Jesus stand the headstone on the throne. When His saints has crowned Him the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and He's the headstone. I don't have my pocketbook with me, but if you'll notice in your pocketbook if you have a $1 bill, they have the seal of the United States, an eagle on one end, a holding the spears, the uh, coat of arms, as it were. And on the other end, it's got the pyramid with an all-seeing eye on top of it. See, they didn't know what they were doing. And on there, it's wrote in Latin, and you'll find out it says, it, this is the great seal. They didn't know what they were doing. Neither did Caiaphas know he was prophesying. There's the great seal. Here it is. See? The city. It's not just a flat cube like this, see? But it leans up so it can be seen. Yes. And upon this holy mountain of the Lord, the Lord shall descend upon top of His mountain. Here He is. That's the reason the capstone wasn't put on by Enoch. See? That's the reason the capstone has to come now. And the mountain will be pushed up. And it'll be the mount of the Lord, and in here will dwell the redeemed. These avenues and big freeways, as it was. Where is the Lord? Parks. And the river of life will draw, run right through it. <laughs> and every house will be made of transparent gold. And the streets will be made of gold. And the trees of life will be there. And will bear twelve manners of fruit. And the kings and the honored man of the earth shall bring their honor and glory into the gates. And the gates shall not be shut by night because there is no night there. In that city where the Lamb is alive. In that city where there cometh no night. Have a mansion over there that's free from toil and care. Oh, I'm going where that lamb is alive. Don't you see the, the towns, the cities, the houses, the dwellings are, are speaking of that right now. All these natural things are a shadow. Take a shadow at a distance like my pan. Before there can be a, a positive or a negative, there has to be a positive. And you see that shadow look like i got a dozen fingers. But then when you go to getting it close together... It focuses down to one. And then the shadow fades into the hand. That's a lot of times people think there's three or four gods. You're looking too far back in the early Reformations. Hey, come on down now, you find focus into there's one. It's exactly. There's one bride. Not a dozen denominations, but one bride. That's the elected out of, every, out of, the, out of the earth that's been predestinated to this. The ones who can recognize their place in the kingdom. On this throne, look, so high. The new city with the foundations, twelve gates, Jesus the headstone, the apostles judging the twelve tribes, the pyramid of Enoch casts no shadow, no time of the day. 
I've been in Egypt at the pyramids. It's so geographically fixed and in the dimensions of this uh, uh, great geometrical uh, figure that no matter where the sun is, there's never a shadow around the pyramid. See how it is? And there'll never be no night there. Him on top of the mountain floods it with His glory. His glory light will be there all the time. There will be no night there. Jesus the headstone. Now notice. So the redeemed shall walk in the light. We sing now we'll walk in the light, that beautiful light. There's something in us calling out. It's passing death and life. It's because that's waiting. That's what's the attribute, what we feel. Truly, this is, are you ready? This is the city that Abraham was looking for. Being a prophet, he knew that city was somewhere. The Bible said so. And he forsook the city he lived, and he went over. Look where he went. That's exactly where it'll be. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. See, being a prophet, Jesus gone to prepare with the divine hands a divine city. Divine architect for divine bought people, for predestinated people. He's gone to prepare. Abraham was looking for it. And he professed that he was a pilgrim and a stranger. For he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. That prophet, knowing it was somewhere, John saw it coming down. But Abraham thought it must be on earth right then. Why? He met Melchizedek. The king of it. He gave him a tie. Which had no father, no mother. He had no beginning of life or no ending of life. Abraham met him. And they took communion. (laughs) Right on the literal spot. Where the city will be raised up. The holy mountain of the Lord. Where the redeemed will live. Oh my... That time just don't stop. No, we're in time. Wait a while, we'll go to eternity. Oh, holy mountain. There will be streets of transparent gold, avenues and houses and parks. You want to read this? Revelation 21, 18. The tree of life will be there. Twelve different manners of fruit. One each month will be born on it. The people who eat these fruits will change their diet every, every month. And it's is from far only the overcomers. Do you know that? It isn't for the denominations. You say, you mean that, Brother Brown? Let's turn to Revelations 2 just a minute. Fine. Revelations 2 and 7. Let's find out now where it's really the truth. Around. Revelations 2 and 7 reads like this. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit... Now remember, he's not talking to the Jews now. This is the church. The Gentile. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Overcomers only. And overcome the beast, overcome his mark. That's Catholicism, Protestantism, denominationalism. Who overcome the beast, his mark, the letter of his name, he'll have a right to the tree of life to enter into the gates where nothing that defiles can ever go in. See? Think of it. Now, just a minute now as we go just a little bit farther. Tree of life will be for the overcomers only. The leaves will be for the healing of the nations. 
that is the kings that live in there bringing their honor in, when they bring their honor in and lay it before the throne of God, just like the outside, the ten, uh, eleven tribes brought in every one of them a tenth to Levi. Okay? When they bring their honor into the ble- from the blessed land in that, they'll reach from the tree of life, break off a holly leaf or a tree of life leaf, and they'll walk out together. There's no more war. Everything's at peace. The leaves are memorial for the healings of the nation. The same tree, not like Adam. He, there was a tree of life in the Garden of Eden that he might have eaten from if he hadn't fell. That tree of life reminded him all the time that his, new, his youth was continually going on. See? Same with the nations. The leaves will be for the healing of the nations. Notice, not the sickness now. It had the same rights as Adam. It like the leaf, dove with the holly leaf. It's all, each king taking the leaf. Notice, the river of life, perhaps many little streams making it up. Now, in this earth, I'm going to close just in a few minutes. In this earth, I'm just going to stop. That's how much more notes he's got. Around about 30 pages. In this, in this life, I have never seen nothing so quenching as to be in the mountains and find, as I preached on the other night, that stream bubbling up. It's life-giving resource. You'd be tired and thirsty. Fall down by a good stream, way down where germs can't go. Way down hundreds of feet in the earth is bubbling forth pure, genuine, life-giving water. We appreciate that. That's little. Now, the earth has its many streams with refreshing water. When you're thirsting and dying, you get a good cold drink from that, it'll, it'll help you to live. But look where this one comes from. From the throne. There's where it gets its life-giving resources. Comes from under the throne of God. Where God sits. All of it, all of this earth, this earth here we live in now, everyone, whether it be Christian or pagan, has temples. Did you ever think of that? Churches. All of them. But this one doesn't have any. The Bible said, and there was no temple there. But the Lord God... And the Lamb is the temple of it. The Lamb is the light. The Lamb is the temple. The Lamb is the throne. The Lamb is the life. He is that temple. See, all these temples have an object they're worshiping. But in this city, He is the object. He's with His people. His spirit light floods the pyramid city. Like Peter and John up on top of the mountain, the light covered the top of the mountain, and a voice spoke said, This is my beloved Son. In Revelation 21, 3 and 4, the tabernacle of God is with man. God has tabernacled in man by redeeming him by these three processes. Now God is going to redeem the earth and tabernacle in the earth with his subjects of the earth which he brought forth from the earth and through sin it fell but the he had to let it go on but now he sent Jesus to redeem that fallen earth which we are part of though not one hair of your head will perish Jesus said so he said I'll raise it up against the last day <laughs> see why you're part of the earth he goes I had the little joke about my wife telling me I lost my hair 
I told her I hadn't lost one of them. See, they're where they at. I said, where was where I got them? Everywhere they was a substance. Wherever they are, they're waiting for me. That's right. I'll go to them one day. This old body wrinkling, falling, dwindling over his shoulders and aching and knees and, and uh, horse in the throat. That's all right. You got buried in the sea, but the trumpet will wake me. And she wake me. Yes, sir. We're going to change one of these days. I'm part of this world that's redeemed. You're in the world, but nothing of the cosmos. You're in a different order, a redeemed order. Notice, the tabernacle of God will be with man. Notice, the former things has passed away. This, this thing has passed away. This means that heaven has come down to resident with man. Heaven and earth are embraced. Just exactly when the dove came upon part of the earth, which was Jesus, he was the dust of the earth. Man. God coming from that one little life germ by creative power, and that blood that was in that, the life that was in that blood ascended back to God, but the blood dripped upon the earth to claim it because of the blood that was brought through from the germ cell from Cain. Okay? Now he comes back with a creative power just like he did Adam, creating Adam. Here's the second Adam. And through that breaking cell there where sin, Cain broke that blood cell upon the just. See? Now this blood cell, because he killed Abel, but Abel was born sex. But this one wasn't born sex. It was a creation of God, the beginning of it. And it redeemed the earth and all of the calcium, potash, petroleum, cosmic light that you're made out of is redeemed. Not one hair shall be harmed. Now, I'll raise it up again at the last day. Then what? God comes down to resident upon the earth, which He is a part of it. His own body. He raised it up for our justification. Oh, we're justified by believing that. Accepting that. Notice, in types, Jesus becomes, uh, in the type... Jesus becomes man, God, or predestinated to take His place to redeem us. To make all these things possible, notice, outside of its beautiful walls of this city. Now, have you got the city? See? It's a holy mountain. Nothing shall hurt or destroy in all my holy mountains, saith the Lord. The city is not a cube. It is a mountain. And the, the width by the breadth by the height are equal. Amen. See? 1,500 miles this way, 1,500 miles that way, 1,500 miles all the way around, and 1,500 miles high. Amen. So it's just a great mountain. Like the pyramid, and the city is on the mountain. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory! Amen. There you are. Yes. There's the paradises of God. Amen. The light of the world. Thank you, Jesus. That perfect kingdom, not the seventh day, the eternal one. Amen. See? Not the millennium, the new earth. Amen. See? While it's going through the millennium, it's going through its sanctifying process. But still must be burned. Amen. See? which the blood redeemed the people and shows this memorial the, the price is paid that thousand years. But then it has to be cleansed by fire just like you were as delegates of this city, the delegation. So if you die 
Or if you live, what difference does it make? Amen. If he comes today or it comes a hundred years or a thousand years, Amen. I'll only rest until my change comes. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, for You said, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God hath in store for those who love Him. We thank Thee, Lord, for Your grace and for Your mercy that brought us through. And we're living this moment just because of You. We thank You for Your word. Be with us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. St. John chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. That I'm to be where we are going to be. I go prepare a place for you that way I am. You may be there too. In my father's house, are many mansions. If it were not so. have told you I go prepare a place for you things that are to be the promise of today a glorified body, not made by man. Materializing around the spoken word. In Be dissolved.
waiting Eternal in the heavens I go Prepare a place for you Things that are to be The rapture of the bride We are waiting for The time appointed Our Lord, yes, He will speak And we shall answer In a moment of time In the twinkling of an eye In one quick shot pain We shall be changed To behold our loved ones Standing before us A glorious reunion Heaven is a reality There we will live, we'll build, plant and eat The seals have been revealed The mystery unfolded The future home Of the bride and the bridegroom I go prepare Place for 